Welcome to Kick Back with Chris. Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. to you by Martialytics. Easy to use, super powerful management software for your martial arts school. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. How's everyone doing? It's properly, I mean, ah, before I say this, obviously I'm based in the UK, but I was about to say it's properly autumn time now, but obviously got listeners all over the world. Kind of forget that sometimes, but yeah, bloody freezing in here. More so now that I don't want to put the gas on. <laughs> it's uh, no central heated in here. It's it's warm up by star jumps like it used to be. But um, yeah, back today with another episode. Uh, today we're going to be um, having a good old match chat with Matthew Chapman, talking about all things retention uh, within your school because I think it's going to be uh, a topic that's going to be pressing for a lot of school owners and instructors over the coming months with the constant barrage of negativity that is everything in the press at the minute. Whether it's Christmas presents not getting delivered, essential eating being too expensive to run, uh, whether it's COVID shutting us down, it's just everything at the minute. Oh, and what I will quickly say, if you can hear any noises, a couple of things going on. One, as I alluded to in a social media post I just put out not long ago, if you're listening um, a little bit after I posted that, Yorkshire Water have just started digging in the road up outside the studio. You know, I've not done any recordings for a couple of weeks. Sit down to record, bang, off they go trying to dig up the road. And secondly, I seem to have this thing with getting chairs for the recording studio that are like super squeaky. I don't know what it is. And anyway, so if you can hear any noise, I've got a crap chair and Yorkshire Water are trying to dig up the entire planet right outside my house. Um, outside my studio, should I say, not my house. Anyway, moving on. So, today what I'm doing is thank you to you fantastic, lovely people out there that have sent me loads and loads and loads of questions. I put out a post asking for people to send me in um, anonymous questions. Now, they're mostly anonymous. I've got, got some that people are happy to put their names to, which I will. Um, but the idea was that, you know, what are the burning questions, the topics, things that you want discussing, that I know sometimes... Um, Quite understandably, I guess, people perhaps don't want to touch for whatever reason. Um, now, obviously, I'm my job here with this is just to discuss the questions that come in. So that's what I'll do. I'm not necessarily saying that I agree, disagree, whatever. Um, maybe sometimes I will, but yeah, you'll you'll get a general gist as we're going along. Um, and there's some really good ones actually. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to split them. So I'm going to do some questions just before. Uh, well, in the first section, before we go over to have a chat with Matt, uh, and then I'll do the rest of them, the follow-up, straight afterwards. All right, so nice bit of content there. Well, I think so anyway, if I'm keeping your company on your car journey to wherever, <laughs> unless you're stuck because you can't get petrol, or you're on the M25 somewhere and there's a bunch of protesters sat in the road. But that's a subject for another day. Well, it's a subject for another podcast, really, isn't it? Well, unless you start using martial arts to clear the road, in which case, I suppose, it's fair game then, isn't it? Not that I'm encouraging people to start kickboxing activists out of the way on the M25, especially not considering they've glued themselves down. I wonder what glue they use. Do they use super glue? Because that must bloody hurt if you use super glue to stick yourself down to the floor. Anyway, I just said I wasn't going to talk about that. <laughs> so moving on. All right. So the first question comes in, um, in relation to, I'm going to get onto this one here. Ah, now, this first question comes in from my good friend uh, Damien, who himself 
has actually just started a podcast. Now, true to form, as I always do, I haven't got it prompted ready on my screen to tell you what the name of the podcast is, so I'm going to go find it now. Okay, so his podcast is called Demos Digital Dojo. Wow, that's actually quite a tongue twister. Must be just because I'm cold, because I can't, well, because I won't turn on the heating. So, Demos Digital Dojo. Okay, so say it slowly. All right, um, so go check that out because uh, he's a cool guy. Uh, it's a great podcast. And one thing that I will give him a shout out for, which is this is nice, this. He actually reached out to me and let me know ahead of time um, that he was going to be doing a podcast and all that stuff, which is super cool. Super cool. Unlike the people who won't be named, for obvious reasons, that. They come under the guise of, hey, so, what equipment do you use? And what ed- how do you edit it? And how do you do all this stuff? So they basically just come and pilfer for all the information that they can to, to do a podcast and set up a podcast and then promptly block you on Facebook. Not mentioning any names, as I said. Damon's not one of those people. He's a really cool, decent bloke. Um, and I might be on his podcast soon. So just... Uh, just keep a listen out for that one. But yeah, so that's Demo's Digital Dojo. Go check it out. There you go. Product placement for you there. You can't say better than that. So anyway, to his question. He says, or asks, should I say, Mr. Jones, that's very formal. I like that. Given your history with film, both as a lover and... Oh, I'll read this properly. Okay, start again. Mr. Jones, given your history with film, both as a lover and being in, what is your favourite action slash martial arts film that is outright terrible, but you love it anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think... Okay, to answer that... Uh, so, which is your favourite action martial arts film that is outright terrible, but you love it anyway? Okay, so, my favourite is a Jackie Chan film, a 1990s Jackie Chan film called Rumble in the Bronx, which I have waffled on about far too often on this podcast. Um, but I cite that as being my... <sighs> I don't know. It sparked my um, serious level interest in in taking my martial arts training properly, which you might find sounds a little bit bizarre, but it really did. Um, And at the same time, it ignited a passion for um, all things sort of performance and fight choreography and um, and that side of things. So it it was like a dual thing. It it really came out around about the time I was doing my GCSEs. um, And... I remember nagging some friends to say, let's go and watch it uh, at the cinema. And then we spent, well, I spent, I won't say we, because it was me, spent hours terrorising the pure, pure uh, poor sorry, security people in the local supermarket, jumping through trolleys. If you've seen that scene in that film, you'll know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, that you know, both... It, 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 it's not... Sorry for any Jackie Chan purists out there, any fans. It's not the best film as it were he says in uh, quotes um it, it's you know it, it it is what it is uh but action wise it's absolutely epic it's absolutely epic um and well worth checking out uh, not not for the awesome story uh, but for the absolutely fantastic action okay so moving on to the next question now i'm going to just have a shuffle through because i've got quite a lot actually which is really nice okay let's go for a topical one with tournaments question all right, so this one comes in. All right, so these are anonymous now, these ones. All right, this one is competition rules. What are your thoughts on the implementation of a united set of competition rules for each kickboxing discipline? Most most rule sets have the most minimal differences, so can and should it be done? Well, I suppose it makes sense on so many fronts, really, when you think about it. Um, 
you know, from from a, a promoter standpoint, if everybody's working to an identical set of rules, um, I just suppose some of them like to have the differentiate don't they that theirs is doing something a little bit different like maybe they they allow low kicks or sweeps and the others don't so i guess some of them are going to want to keep that sort of thing but i suppose from um a policy pers- oh there he goes he's talking about policies again blah 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 but no from a policy and insurance perspective it was it must surely be it makes sense for for them all to run to the same rule format just from the point of view of being being easier to get all the various health and safety requirements and uh, insurance dealt with because you know if everybody's doing the same thing then it's just simpler and if it's simpler that often means it's cheaper that would make sense you know you know if you if you enter a football tournament they don't have to go and check which version version of football they're doing or you know which version of tennis they're playing so I suppose, you know, in a lot of ways, it it would make sense. Um, all, you know, also from a um, an amateur competitor perspective, and from you know for the parents involved as well. If if everything's you know everybody's running to the same rule sets, then there's not going to be the confusion of why certain things are the way they are, and you know that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not active really on 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 the tournament circuit anymore. Um, <laughs> ironically, I took a couple of students to a uh, a tournament right before COVID hit, and it actually sort of re-sparked the whole interest again. And then, well, the world fell on its ass, didn't it? So that promptly came to an end. But I suppose you know, it does make sense to have a unified set of competition rules on, on so many fronts. But at the same time, I can understand why the promoters would probably prefer to have little differences just to make their tournament a little bit different. You no, know, make it make it a reason why. You know, um, coaches should take their students there. You know, but you know, there's so many going on now, isn't there? There's, I mean, there was a point where there was clashes most weekends, wasn't there? So, um, and I don't mean the, the tournaments called clash. I mean, there's actual physically clashes of tournaments. You know, several going on at the same time across the country. So, um, would it reduce that if they were all running to the same rules? I don't know. I don't know that it would. Interesting one. Definitely worth thinking about. Right then, I need to keep tabs on these so I don't end up doing my typical thing of asking the same question more than once. So let's do some folding of bits of paper so that I don't do that. So I don't ask them. So I've done that before. Ask the same question twice on my own podcast on the same episode. Hey, right. Moving on. So, oh, an industry one here now. Question two. Actually, question three. I'm reading it on the piece of paper in front of me. <laughs> Christ. Good start to this podcast, eh? What's your take on summer camps? Have you any experience or spoken to anybody with experience? Are they good for retention and or recruitment? Can they be worth the time and effort? How do you or past guests go about them? Right, so um, I've done uh, single day activity camps. Uh, I tend to do them at Christmas time rather than summer. Um, And I tend to advertise them as an an opportunity for parents to go out and have a full day doing their Christmas shopping. Um, it's on at a premium price because the space is limited and I know that they're going to be in high demand. Uh, I sometimes will do uh, summer holiday camps the same way in, in single day formats. Why do I not do them any longer than that? I don't like doing them, if I'm honest. <laughs> they're quite a lot of hard work. Um, and, you know, there's also... It's a bit of a 
sort of wishy-washy vague area in the UK anyway about how it falls into childcare, the hours. Um, I know that there are sort of hard and fast rules that say what it, you know, how it, how it becomes childcare and when, but that doesn't stop the local authorities from getting a little bit twitchy sometimes and sticking the nose in and quite rightly because they've got to keep the kids safe. Um, so it's an area that I don't, I mean, I'm not against people doing it if they're doing things properly, not at all, but I, I do single days cause it's just, I don't want it to start falling into whole childcare, um, elements and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, Christmas time usually, like I say, I'll, I'll, I'll run one. Um, sometimes Easter camps, that sort of thing. But I don't, I don't tend to do anything like week long or you know the same same day every week, everything like that in the summer holidays because it's such a, I find it anyway, it's such a drain mentally to to do. Um, now, have I done full summer camps before? Yes, I have, and it was awful. <laughs> I hated doing it. Um, it was when I was working for somebody else at the time. This is going back over twenty years now, um, and oh, it was just you know knowing that you know you're going to open up at at nine in the morning, half eight in the morning, and you know you got all these kids until sort of four half four, and then you're rolling into a full night's worth of classes. It was just you know, mentally and physically exhausting to do. And, you know, you do it for the entire... Now, you know, we... I would Don't let... Let's be honest. I was paid to be... I was a staff member. I was paid to be there to do it. You know, the guy that was running it, uh, that owned the business, he didn't have the concern, really, of the... Um, how, you know, how, how much I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. I was getting paid to do it. Now, from what I remember, the uptake, generally speaking, from them, wasn't any higher... Then doing birthday parties for for an hour or two or um, a single day camp, it, it 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 didn't increase at all. There wasn't we didn't see people going, oh wow, I've been there for. If anything, I'd probably say it was probably lower because you know the the newness wears off. They're there every day, or you know however many days it was on over the week over the holidays. So the new by the time the holidays is finished, the newness has worn off. The honeymoon period is well gone, um, and you know I I I don't think that the the uptake was. Um, any higher, and if you know, possibly even lower than the the single day camps. But it's so long ago, I can't I can't honestly remember the full details. But all I know is, absolutely hated doing them. <laughs> That's that was a nice positive one. <laughs> but I'm just being honest, guys. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I just just loathed it, except for when we watched films. That was really easy. <laughs> just stick a film on and uh, probably breach in every sort of licensing law going that's when i was working for somebody else am i not not in my own school before anybody starts trying to dob me in yeah you know what these people on facebook are like right anyway moving on so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do two more then we're gonna jump over to uh, our chat with matt okay so uh question is post covid since april have students seen an increased rise oh hang on I'll start that again because I read it wrong. So there's a surprise. Okay. Post-COVID, since April, have people... That makes more sense. Have people seen an increased rise in new students due to other clubs' activities not being able to continue? Or have they struggled to get back into a rhythm of attracting new students? Okay. So um, I've seen both of these. Okay. So when we first reopened to new students, of which we were a little bit later... 
Um, I waited until to, to promote it heavily anyway until the the bubbling and uh, so the bubbling restrictions were gone, and this, the requirement for self isolation if you know the kids are in contact and all that. That's when I really started to push it when that was all removed. Um, and we, the, the demand for the kids sessions was higher than we could cope with. In fact, I've still got people on the waiting list now um, that were on there sort of back uh, earlier this year. I've, I've cleared last year's waiting list. We're still working through this year's because the demand has been crazy. We've had to put on extra class slots. Um, it, it, it's just been absolutely crazy. Now, that being said, our adults sessions for whatever reason i mean we've seen a massive i do talk about this with with matt a little bit later on because we recorded this last night so um i won't go into this in too much depth but you know we found it um pretty tricky with regards to adults for for a lot of different reasons um so i would guess you know we've seen we've seen both sides of that we've seen you know other clubs and activities not being on or for whatever reason we've we've seen kids coming across from for that reason um, but then struggling to get back into a rhythm with the adults for sure, uh, not just not just with new students, but with with previous students, you know, uh, even current students, paying members, you know, just not seeing them, they're just struggling to get back into. And you, you message them, ask them, and they're, oh yeah, 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 I'm coming back, I'm coming back, and then we don't see them again. So, you know, we've seen both elements of that really. Um, okay, so next one, and then last one, last one for this bit. Uh, when it comes to kicking. For the purpose of display slash be a lot of slashes today. Display slash performance. Does how flashy the kick is, i.e., how high you jump or how much you spin, become more important than the technique the kick is attached to the jumpy spinny bit? Right. I'll reread that because I, I read it in probably the most awkward way possible. <laughs> oh, this is like one giant blooper reel. This episode. Right. So when it comes to kicking for the purpose of display or performances, does how flashy the kick is, i.e. how high you jump or how much you spin, become more important than the technique of the kick attached to the jumpy spin a bit? Uh, in short, yes. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go into it in a bit more detail. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, if it's a display or a performance, by its very nature, it's it's meant to be a... Well, mm, it depends, doesn't it? If you're If you stand there and you say... This is a performance of practical kicking for martial arts. Then you've kind of got a duty to make sure that you demonstrate some practical kicking. If, however, you're doing a display that is meant to be an entertainment-based performance, that's meant to look cool and just be all Power Rangers, you know, other martial arts shows are available, um, then if it's meant to just be a cool demo, then, yeah, just make it look nice, you know, um... You know, I I've never had an issue with hooking people um, or catching people's interest through the use of sort of flamboyant, flashy, um, aesthetically pleasing technique. I've had no problem with that whatsoever. You know, it, it's it's our job as instructors to to educate our students as to the practicalities and realistic elements of martial arts training. What catches their attention and interest? it makes no difference because you know i i think that most people come into martial arts for for their own personal reasons and those reasons may very very quickly change when they've you know once they've done a few classes and they realize that it's a lot different to what they maybe had this 
idea in the head. I mean, I did that when I was a child. I watched The Karate Kid and expected there to be um, some dude balancing on boats, making us paint fences and sand floors. And the reality was we were standing in a uh, dinner hall in a primary school with bits of leftover dinner still lying around, bits of bits of peas and you know Cornish pasty, you know, whilst we kicked kick paddles for twenty minutes at a time. So it, it what what the hook is to bring the student in doesn't really matter for me. It's it, it, it's so long as you know the content once they're there is true. That makes sense. I think it's fair to say a lot of people got into martial arts because they saw Jean-Claude Van Damme doing jump spin helicopter kicks. You know, the reality is they're likely not practicing that when they're in the class. You know, especially not if, you know, they've they've seen Van Damme doing a helicopter kick and then they've gone and joined a judo school, you know, so that they're not doing any kicks, let alone jumpy spinny kicks. So again, that what the hook is, it doesn't matter for me. So, you know, does it become uh, when 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 you're doing a demo? Does it become more important? I don't know. If it's more important, but I suppose it depends what the end goal is, really, doesn't it? So I kind of answered that without answering it. Sorry about that. <laughs> there was something in there though somewhere, I think. Right. So I'm just going to move that back onto my done pile. So what we're going to do at this point, 20 minutes in, we're going to go over to our chat with Matthew Chapman for this week, um, talking all things retention and other things beside us as well. But I'll leave you guys to listen to that. Uh, and then I'll catch you on the other side. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hello. So hopefully joining us on the line, we've got Mr. Matthew Chapman. You definitely have got me on the line. Oh, that's good. I thought doing? it was going to be absolute silence. Then. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, <laughs> I'm all right, yeah. Uh, you know, um, ticking over. Um, yeah. Actually, no. I'm. I'm actually no. That's a bit of a lie. It's the the the, the swan thing. Graceful on the top. Uh, Water and little legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would say so. Um, lots of interesting challenges going on at the minute, and um, which is something that I wanted to. Sorry, that's me being a pro, not turning my phone off. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> just. Turn the sound off my phone. There we go. Um, yeah, um, I obviously saw on, on Facebook you were talking about a, a course that you're going to be running, helping people with retention, which I know is a pretty big thing for a lot of schools in different ways at the minute. Yes. So I thought it'd be nice to come on just to to chat about that, and um, which will probably turn into a bit of a therapy session for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, retention is is the thing, isn't it? If you want to grow yeah. a school, because you can obviously get. 10 people in each week and then have 10 people leave each week. Yeah, so you're absolutely. just treading water. So for growth, if you really want to grow, it's all about retention. Marketing is important. That gets yes. them in the front door, but retention is what keeps them and uh, kind of stops them from leaving. So I, I've been speaking to a lot of schools. They had a massive rush when lockdown ended. Yes. Um, and now they're seeing them drop off. Yes. So <laughs> the people who started sort of, April, May, June, um, they're, they're having retention issues with them at the mm. moment. I think it might be that, you know, part of it is we've all locked up for such a long time yeah. and we all let free pretty much on one day. It was like, right, you're free to go. Yeah. So everyone just went, what am I going to do? And just ran mm. about just choosing random things for them to do. And yes. maybe they weren't really thinking what they wanted, what they needed, actually. You know, they might have 
put on a bit of weight during lockdown i certainly did and then they see an ad, an ad on facebook from a martial arts school that's you know promising them losing weight and confidence and fitness and health and they're like yeah i'll do that yeah so i think that's kind of what ha has happened recently at least yeah yeah i mean we personally in, in my own school we struggled with the influx initially it was just overwhelming you know we had um there wasn't a day where we didn't have new starters it was just absolute chaos and yeah. I, what i found was it was very if you had to be very very disciplined in the sense that it was very easy for it to turn into this constant conveyor belt of new starters so every single class with the beginners it was like intro class intro class you've got some kids that haven't been in properly for 18 months chomping yeah. up the bit to advance and you're going basics 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 yes um, and and what I then found was when that started to quieten off a little bit, it was very, very easy to um, not drop back into a structured syllabus routine or, or, or class planning uh, right. and end up sort of going off in sort of what, random tangents every week and then right. getting to the end of sort of three months and going, well, not three months, sort of you know, a month or two and going, oh, God, we've not actually covered any syllabus. You know, we've got to you know, bring it back in. Stop. It's like all the toys at Christmas, you know. And, yeah, yeah let's jump psychic this and let's spin this and let's do this. And it's all great fun, but you know, you've, you've not actually ticked the boxes of what they wanted in the first place, yeah. why they came to you. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. There's, there's a lot at play. It's, it's, you, you kind of tighten up one area and then you take your eye off the ball somewhere else. It's, yeah. it's spinning <laughs> plates, really spinning plates and fighting fires nonstop. Yeah. Spinning yeah, plates totally. that were on fire probably is the best uh, analogy for that. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult. And like you say, you have a massive influx of beginners. Unless you have specific beginner classes just for them, then you're mixing them in with your regular students. And yeah. you're trying to take care of the beginners because they need that support in the beginning. Then your senior students start to feel neglected and that they're not working on the stuff they want to work on. And they start to kick off. Yeah, it's uh, and that leads to retention problems for both because you can't find a happy medium. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've seen a, a shift in the with the kids. The kids has just been stable. It's almost been like a light switch. You know, we closed, we reopened, the kids came flying back in, and it was just yeah. you know just almost back to normal instantly. The yeah. adults seems to it, 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 it has been a massive shift. Um, we're seeing anyway a lot of the adults that are coming to us now. They're wanting fitness based pad work, circuit training exercise no commitment no belts no stress they just want to hit stuff get sweaty and go home <laughs> yeah they're not so interested in doing the traditional syllabus and the even the the, the, the kickboxing sparring side and then on the flip side the adults the higher grade adults that left because of you know uh, lockdown and everything and then came back yeah they're now actually wanting to do more of the syllabus and more of the traditional and not do the sparring oh it, it's just swapped around completely. I mean, I got all excited and put sparring classes in all over the place thinking, God, no one's been able to hit each other for all this time. They're going to be chomping. No, nope. it's been like getting blood from a stone with some of them. You know, we've got oh, a little yeah. core group, but so, so many of them have found it really difficult to get back into the <laughs> the process of doing the sparring. I know that won't be the same for everybody, but it, it that's just, we weren't prepared for that at all. Um, yeah, that's um, a bit strange. Maybe it's like the they might not feel fit enough to get yeah. back into sparring, or they just have been they haven't been punched in the face for a year and a half, so maybe they just don't want to be punched in the face. Yeah, uh, at this time, a bit of like fear, like maybe going back to being a white white boat and a bit yeah. fearful of sparring, maybe. Yeah, I think we had because of my classes 
are, are quite small groups. So we, you know, you get all the stereotypical martial arts types of people all mixed in in a class. And yeah. I think what happened was the divide between the ones that were on the competition squad that were absolutely chomping at it to get back, and the ones that weren't really that into it, that grew. So that 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 division was massive by the time they came back. So the yeah. ones that really wanted to do it were really going for it, and the ones that were terrified were really scared because they and and it, that it was really hard to sort of you know work that round. It's only just been this last week, week or so mm. that we've got to grips with it. Um, we yeah, just had to cool. turn around and go, you've got to do it or you don't grade. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a bit hard-faced. Um, yeah. But, it's, you know. It's yeah, but of course, sparring is, um, sparring is one of the main problems for retention with a lot of martial arts schools. Because if you get it wrong, yeah. you know, the classic put a person who can't really defend themselves against a, a senior person who can, who then beats the crap out of them. Yeah. Uh, that's, I've had, I'd lost so many students when that had happened at, at my school. So. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a very tricky and retention starts well i believe retention starts with your marketing because if you promise one thing and then deliver a different thing yeah it affects the trust that the person has in you and whether they're going to continue to train so if you you know if you promise um a very martial arts approach but when they get there it's very heavy fitness and sparring yeah that's going to freak certain people out or if you promise that it's going to be very fight orientated and it's more fitness and technique training you're, you're going to lose people quite early because they came for one thing and they didn't get it so mm. retention starts right with your core message and who you're you're um, aiming to to help and all your marketing and everything you do on your website and how you communicate with them first time and when they turn up to your school how they're treated and everything onwards from there you know on so it's a massive subject yeah it is i know i get what you're saying about it. it can often be that make and break kind of that first that first interaction from when they arrive you know um i was you always make a point when i know we've got new starters coming in of, of making sure the reception area is super tired here and you know the information packs are ready the ipads are out ready to go all set up on the right page with the information there the, yeah. the, the, the position where they can see the monitor for the if it's kids parents coming in you know yeah. um and you know being on it to greet them so they're not left on their own for five minutes when they arrive just wandering around looking about that, asking probably the worst thing yeah standing yeah. there like a sore thumb you know just looking around while people beat each other up yeah. <laughs> um and one of the things that we made a mistake of was we would have a, a beginner's mma course that started directly after the sparring course for the um, sparring class for the fighters so when they these new MMA newbies, wannabe Conor McGregor's turned up and <laughs> they just got to watch our pro fighters beating seven bells out of each other, you know, just big slams, sweaty guys, bit of blood occasionally, just the worst intro to, you know, martial arts <laughs> for the general person who's not necessarily looking to compete and just wants to do a bit of fitness. So eventually we had to put like a little bit of a break between those two classes so that we could get all the sweaty psychopaths out, clean up a little bit, make it not smell so disgustingly uh, testosterone chewed, <laughs> clean up any blood spill and just make it presentable uh, for the groups coming in afterwards. So all of these things, yeah, play a massive part. Yeah, and I would imagine as well, you know, it, it, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because it, it's sometimes you, it's that ego side of, of the martial arts instructor. We've all got it there and you feel like, you know, you're putting on your... your 
that you're laying out your best students, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Setting out your stall. Yeah, they'll be really yeah. impressed by these 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 you know uh, ladies and gents kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. And then they, and then you, uh, the reality of it is is they're they going, I ain't doing that. No, really scary, <laughs> no way I'm doing that. Um, so yeah, it's different, difficult, isn't it? Like you say, you don't want to presume. Yeah, they might yeah. ring you up full of bravado, going, "Oh yeah, I want to do cage fighting, and I want to do this, and I want to, yeah, want to yeah, fight yeah. bears, and I want to, you know, <laughs> wrap my knuckles in glass." And you know, for, uh, the reality of it is, it's all talk, isn't it? And and <laughs> you end up scaring, yeah, you end up scaring the the what's out of them. But yes. um, interestingly, you know, as I was saying earlier, that there's a lot of instructors. I've seen this anyway from the chats I've had. You know, instructors that are struggling in in lots of different ways and then i don't know whether it's a facebook front it's always hard to say with social media and then there's others that just look to be absolutely killing it yeah and this is it, it's this this disparity that's going on um so really it's, it's kind of i suppose it's unique because the situation is unique isn't it it's we've never really had a a stop start as much as we've had like this over the last sort of 18 months no. so yeah it's, it's yeah it was a weird one I think it's a mindset factor. I speak to a lot of instructors. Okay. I, I speak to instructors daily, different types of instructors from different types of places. And the ones that are killing it have a mindset that they're willing to lose in order to win. Right. Whereas the ones that I found who are struggling have a, uh, a mindset of avoiding losing. Okay. And that's almost like, fighting isn't it if you yeah. not lose you don't really win you know you might get a draw but you, you know you don't get beaten up too bad but you're you're not winning with the ones that are going out you know and don't mind putting it out there and sometimes they lose in the most horrendous ways but they're still willing to do that are the ones that are going to win so i find that instructors who are willing to do lots of different types of marketing test lots of different things are willing to spend money with no guarantee of seeing it coming back are willing to move quickly on to different strategies and tactics seem to be doing really well yeah and the ones that are looking for the home run one perfect shot that gets them 200 students and are unwilling to actually put any money on the table any time on the table are the ones that are struggling now that might be a generalization but mm. i've talked to a lot of instructors recently and a lot of them are going like well, yeah, I tried this, but it didn't work. So I'm not going to do it again. And I'm a bit worried about trying that one. And, you know, this doesn't work. And that's never worked for me. And all I'm, I'm, and I don't do referrals. I just expect my students to automatically tell their friends that how awesome I am. So they seem to be the ones that are struggling because they're just not willing to lose even a little bit in order to get the win further down the line. Mm. And the yeah. ones that have, you know, tried this Facebook ad and tried a different type and tried a Google ad and did some stuff on their website and did some Google My Business stuff and got some flyers out and yeah. did a few demos and went to a few schools and got turned down and all of these things, you know, with marketing, there's no guarantee. Sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And what happens to the people who struggle is it, it, it affects their confidence. So it's like, it's not working, it must be me rather than it's not working i need to try a different tactic mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's just something that's going to become more and more important as as months and years go on because you know it's not a case of us being spoiled all this time because it's been it's been a reality for for a long time you know we've had the stability of normality pre-covid 
yeah whereas covid's hit and then we've got out of covid and then there's there's all this significant sort of um financial and economical fallout that we're now everything we've got things sorted and now there's this and then now there's this so there's that (laughs) constant level of uncertainty that's that's going on you know if it's not furlough it's it's gas prices if it's not gas prices it's petrol if it's not petrol it's christmas presents it's it's (laughs) it's always yeah exactly this there's there's all these things that are going on which is it's going to play on the minds of our of our potential customers you know we've got that extra barrier there or where we better not spend because yeah. better not you know yeah. well do do you know then and uh, you know we all hate to get that email i i do i hate it when we get the email to say oh, i'm really they, 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 they just get straight to it what the basic of the email is the basic email is um jimmy's chosen to prioritize everything else over martial arts so we're really <laughs> sorry he's not coming anymore they always flower it up with Oh well, he's really sorry because he's got football on Tuesday and he's got swimming on Wednesday, and we're just finding it hard to. No, basically, yeah, yeah. they've decided that everything else is more important. So we've got yeah. that to contend with as well. You know, you've got so there's all these things, isn't there? And um, as you say, it's like fighting fire, isn't it? It's you, you put him one out, and then you still put that one out, put that one out, put that out. So you yeah, can't. You've got, to, you've got to enjoy the process rather than yes. it being like uh, something that really upsets you or stresses you out. It's I think you've got to treat it more like a game. Again, yeah, yeah. Hard for martial arts instructors because we really invest in our students and we care and we get kind of emotionally attached to our students, especially the ones that have been with us for ages. Yes. As we've all known, if we've been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, you know, your best student is going to leave. You're going to get betrayed. You're going to be let down. You're going to have, you know, students stab you in the back. You're going to have someone leave and try and steal students at the same. So this is all rites of passage. So if you treat it more lightheartedly and like a game that you're trying to win, you don't, it doesn't emotionally affect you so much. But mm. for supposedly tough people, we are very, very sensitive beings as martial arts. Yes. We do oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, it's, and I suppose to a, to a certain degree, we, you want an element of that because you want a, a passionate instructor that's invested yeah. in the growth of their students. Yeah. But then you've got to. I've, I I found this extremely difficult early days. You've got to learn to detach the um, the emotional side of it when you get that email or phone call to say that that, that Billy's not coming anymore or you know, yeah. whoever it is. Because otherwise, you start chewing yourself to bits. It it, it can it can just sometimes simply be look that don't enjoy it anymore. You know, yeah. it's not a personal thing. Um, but I, I I early days I didn't really. I got I, I got more emotionally you know frustrated and annoyed and how dare they you know decide to pick football over me and you know but it really it was more a case of well hang on let's look at it the other way around what could i have potentially have done differently mm, so that that yeah. hadn't have happened rather than yeah. shouldering it all on them what did i do wrong yeah you know? and also i mean with kids kids are kids yeah like, yeah you yeah. know many kids that stick with one activity for exactly 10, 15 years um and also, you know, your your kids that are naturally gifted and athletic can go to lots of different sports before they find their 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 thing that really fires them up, right? So I, I didn't really worry about kids. It used to upset me if certain adults left, especially if I felt they had massive potential and then they just wanted to go out on the piss instead. That, yeah. that used to upset me because you're like, oh, you're so good. You could be so great, but you're just not going to do it because that's not how you're built. And, but with kids, it's like, well, 
kids all over the shop anyway in my, in my experience so never used to worry me about that I'd always leave the door open for them to come back always check in on them once a year and see how the yeah. kids are doing and invite them back and inevitably we got some kids coming yeah. back but it was the adults for me yeah and and in this day and age you know with to a degree respecting boundaries I suppose but with social media it's never been easier you know with yeah. the 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 the, the options to contact people whether it's an email a, a message or a you know a phone call it's it's not like it used to be where you had to sit i mean some people do like to sit and make calls and do all that um and that's fine i mean i suppose that's you know, they, they can see a lot of success from that but for some people it's just not in there it's not right for them but you know it's it's so easy you know mailing lists and um you know and just at least say leaving that door open i do that now with with all the people with everybody and it's very rare that they'll say no as well you know, just closing it with, would it be okay for us just to, you know, drop your message in six months' time just to see how things yeah. are maybe? Yeah, 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 that would be, be good, actually, yeah. yeah. So you've not – it's not like it's an uninvited message then, is it? It's No, you should always there. leave on good terms. Um, well, as long as you like them. If you wanted them out, it's possible. Because <laughs> we all have the students. Are you really suggested? <laughs> well, it's true, isn't it? So yes. <laughs> if you want them back, yeah, you should always leave the door open and uh, communicate with them and just check in on them because it's quite often that they, once they've left, they realise how good it is, how much they benefit from martial arts on all the different levels yeah. and how much they I like. Did it. I did it. I did it. I know. Grass is greener. I wanted to um, sit at home and play on my Atari ST. Ah, um, nice. play, a bit of, play a bit of sensible soccer and... Uh, Cannon fodder and all that good stuff, and that was way more appealing than doing low blocks and high blocks and <laughs> yeah. kicking kick, kick boards. Yeah. I thought anyway, and then I then I did it, and I was like, I actually quite like those low blocks, high blocks, and kicking boards. That was quite good fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we all, okay. all did that, it. Yeah, that's and that was only it. last week, by the way. That was only last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, I want to go back to. <laughs> Uh, but like with parents, the the retention element with parents is you have to pre warn them that these kind of times yeah. are going to are going to come and yeah. strategies to cope with that and also how to come to you and explain before it gets to that point where they're dragging them out of the house and it becomes too stressful because um, if you can catch it early like you say these retention issues um there's a general retention issue to do with life you know you move away go to university change job etc there's not a lot we can do about that but the other retention issues kind of come at certain predictable points in a in the martial artist journey, you know, yeah. like first class, first sparring session, first grading or failure of a grading, um, first competition. These are all points where people can leave if it goes wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So especially with kids, it's like you have to pre-frame the parent that there's going to be times when they want to stop. You know, they're not going to be enjoying it, but we need to have a plan of action so you take them through this little plan and then you you know hopefully they come to you and say well this time has arrived but they're not really into it and then you should have a plan of action about how to relight the fire for them yeah yeah we've we've got it in our um, information pack that they get uh, on, yeah. their, on when they join it's got all the code of conduct and you know all the usual stuff um sickness policy and then it's got a section on it specifically for parents your kids are going to want to quit when they do oh. tell us speak to me you know yes. um, because it can be a very small thing that's very easily fixable um, yeah. and then from that point there the next point of contact is or we've got an, an auto 
uh, email set up for two weeks. So if the system doesn't see a sign in for two weeks, it fires them an email to say, hey, everything okay? We've not seen you for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Maybe if, if they're having a bit of a wobble, just give us a call. You know, it might be, might be something we can get on top of now and you know, we'll schedule a, a, a private class and, you know, and all that sort of thing. And, yeah, have a chat with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, you can try as hard as you can try and it just it won't make any difference. If they're, if they're set on that decision, then they're set. But if you don't have anything in place, you you know, it, it, it could be something as, you know, we've had, we've had kids try to quit as simple things like, you know, um, not quite knowing how to put their head guard on or, you know, somebody having, a t- you know, not having the T-shirt that everybody else has got. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And all yeah these which for us might seem like a silly thing, but I suppose if you're seven-year-old little Johnny and everybody else has got a different T-shirt to you, yeah, that, cool. that can be a yeah. big, big deal, can't it? So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth having, you know, giving the parents permission to tell you when their kids are struggling in some way. You'd think they wouldn't have to be there, but it definitely, it definitely is, you know. Yeah. Um, because yeah. I suppose it could be intimidating, couldn't we? You know, we we stand up right. straight with these black belts on, and we shout and we jump and kick, and and you know they don't they don't want to come and talk they don't to want us. To us, yeah. So we've yeah. really got to you know during your and really you sh- ideally if you can you should have like every three months have a sit down with a, every student you know so you go through your entire entire database of students and you get through everyone in three months if you can. Mm it's a little mm-hmm. sit down and a check-in and there's a, a series of very um, powerful questions you can ask yeah. a student during this check-in um, which basically makes them aware of where they were where they are now and their goals and reaffirms their goals of where they want to get to and you kind of leave them on a on a high and they see the progression that they made so this type of stuff is all part of a retention system that you need to have running in order to mm. maximize and keep as many students for as long as possible for two reasons, because it's the best thing for them. As we know, if you do martial arts for three months, it's not as good as if you do martial arts for three years. And if you do martial arts for three years, it's not as good as you do it for 10 years. So the more you do it, the better you get and the ben- the benefits kind of increase over time. But also you just need to do it for yourself as well and for your business because you know good um, good attrition or good retention sorry of your students means you can build a better dojo you can run more classes you can hire assistant instructors to teach yeah. you can get more equipment you can do seminars workshops and gradings you can you know it's it's beneficial for everyone so retention is one of the most important things but it's something that uh, instructors frequently take their eye off because they're chasing the new student who's just come through the door it's like you know being <laughs> it's it's a common problem in martial arts definitely yeah it's like a you know magpie it's a shiny thing isn't it Ooh, shiny new yeah, student yeah. new student new student yeah take your eye off the ball um yeah and, and you know it's it's been a trying time for everybody and it, it's it's I found personally for me anyway the 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 key element from my personal side is getting my own uh, trying I don't want to get in trouble with Apple by saying naughty words too often so getting yeah. my own crap in order you know getting yeah. myself sorted out getting my own training back on on track and getting myself back into a positive place because inevitably I then teach better classes and I'm more positive about it and you know I'm not trying to compartmentalize a load of other rubbish in my head whilst I'm supposed to be focusing on you know giving people a, a good experience yes um 
and that's 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 been good for me i've i've, I've found that's helped significantly it just if, if you've got your own stuff going good then it just filters out from there doesn't it and it um, does yeah you've got to take care of yourself first which yeah. i would say many instructors are really bad at taking care of themselves first they frequently mm-hmm. take care of their family and uh, their students more than they do take care of themselves and those are the ones that tend to be burnt out injured and a bit jaded yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I've been there. I've had been, been there with all, <laughs> all three at the same time. At some point. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we've had a, you know, my school, we've had a, a an incredibly challenging, you know, set of circumstances last sort of from September. Um, and I've, and again, I've been chatting to, to other schools that have ended up in a similar situation. You know, obviously, I run my school. It's quite a small school. Um, well, it's a very small school, actually um you know student numbers relative to the size of the building it's it's a bit upside down it's a bit weird in that respect but we've always had you know a full-time instructor myself um uh, somebody running the admin and um the the finance side and then a strong team of assistants that are all capable of of teaching a class should they need to it's always worked really well and then covid landed um we knew two years ago that our full-time instructor was going to leave in September. We knew it. We knew it. nothing, nothing untoward. They were moving. They've moved away. Yeah. Um, and when COVID landed, it not only took out a lot of our adult in, 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 assistant instructors because they all had changes of occupation or you know they lost their jobs or whatever happened and they just weren't in a position to come back. But the instructor team that we were training up just as COVID hit weren't able to get in because of all the bubbling stuff and the non-contact stuff and it was just a nightmare um so we've had to hit reset on the instructor program right at the same time as we lost all of our adult assistants and a full-time staff member so i went back to teaching which is one of the reasons why the podcast went quiet for a while and i went back to teaching every single class every single day oh how was that tough it was in i i kidded myself into thinking it was going to be easy because i was coming at it more from a physical perspective the physicality of it was wasn't particularly tricky at all but mentally i've not been in that position of teaching everything on my own since i was 22 21 22 yeah 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 and i'm 41 now so it's that that's how long ago it's been since i did absolutely everything with nobody else at all yeah yeah um and the first week was an absolute disaster because i was still trying to do all the other stuff as well i needed to like no hang on you need to to systemize it get it sorted um and now it's running great we've got assistants coming through now that are taking portions of classes and all that it was just a really bad um mixture of things landing all at once (laughs) but you know we live and learn and we we, we put policies in place and it will never happen again (laughs) it won't happen again it was just one of those things you know um still here to tell the tale exactly and um you know you've learned from it and like you said oh yes put some stuff in place to prevent it um you've got to go through these things haven't you part of being a martial arts instructor it is, it is, and and you know, it it was it was, it was so frustrating because it was the problem was there staring us in the face, but we we were literally faced with the prospect of, you know, I I would couldn't really it was it was you know, a little bit of pride I guess as well to a point, but I did not feel comfortable throwing students in the deep end and teaching when they hadn't had the experience of teaching yet because it. it it just, it just, well, it's not right. I just didn't feel it. I know some people are happy doing that. I, I just didn't feel 
comfortable with everything being so fragile as well with people just mm. coming back and you know i thought well if it's that you know it's an ego thing i guess if i if it needs to be done right i've got to do it myself and i created a bit of a <laughs> bit of a problem with that i needed to let go a little bit and i have now i have now um which has always been my problem well uh, it's, uh, it's a martial arts instructor's problem oh, every, yeah every instructor i've ever met has this um control problem um, and it was that I knew that the problem was there. And I was like, well, the way to fix this is to do it. I'll do it. And I'll sort everything else out at the same time. Not realistic. It didn't happen. Um, but as I say, you know, we, 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 I didn't let it carry on. It, it, it was five days. And I thought, no, <laughs> <laughs> I am literally going to sell up and buy an ice cream van if I carry on like this. Um, I'm not 21 anymore. So, um, and it wasn't the physicality of it. It was the mental approach to it. It was like, I've got six classes tonight. And I've got six classes tomorrow, and I've got six classes on Wednesday, yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah. it was a it was a it was a mentally it was a tough old slog, you know. Um, but anyway. yeah, it's not it's not a problem when you're twenty because no. you have just so much beans, you know. Oh yeah, you can, and you're more resilient, and you probably don't have loads of family and stuff, and you can uh -huh. survive on very little sleep, and you have more energy. But yeah, I mean, I know instructors like that who are now like sixty-five, and they're still. Oh Jesus! Logging hard and doing pretty much everything themselves, and it, and the whole attitude is, well, no one can do it as good as me, which is inaccurate usually. Yeah, yeah, and it, but, yeah, it was it was frustrating because I knew, I mean, I was, I mean, you know, at the point up until September, I was teaching when I wanted to, rather than when I needed to, which was so much better because. I, every class was i felt was a good class because i was like actually no i do quite fancy doing this class tonight i'll, I'll, I'll you you can have a, you have an early night i'm gonna do this yeah and it worked really really well and then i could see the date creeping up to when i knew this staff member was even there i'm battling like crazy to get these assistants ready and they're just not ready and i'm like i can't yeah. just throw them in at the deep end I, I had that done to me and it was horrible and so you know as i say anyway it was only a week or so um and uh yeah that will never happen again <laughs> good <laughs> good so anyway um going back to the the point of this whole conversation to start was this retention thing uh, yeah. which is interesting because retention is everywhere it's to everything isn't it it's it's sprinkled around it everything we do everything when, yeah what where, how can people find out more about this course you're running and when is it and and how is it and all that jazz um well i'm doing it on zoom because it just makes it easy for people it's on friday 22nd uh, 22nd of october if people want to get in touch with me they can find out the rest of the information it's basically going to be the 30 retention strategies that i think have the most impact in the martial arts school that start right from you know the right message to the right people all the way through to keeping black belts for decades so everything from yeah. the beginning right through to yeah to the other side so um i think it'll be useful for people it's only going to be two hours it'll be quite condensed yeah. and um, they're, they're going to get a lot of information that they can pretty much implement straight away which is the goal absolutely i think it's gonna it's just gonna be invaluable as well because you know not wanting to sound all doom and gloom because we don't really know what's coming but i think what we can be sure of is there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and having as many strings to your bow when it comes to retention and, 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 and options well, it's just going to be valuable when i've done this before a lot of people go oh yeah i used to do i that. used to do that yeah and it worked really really well but i stopped doing it so even you know you won't know all 30 but um even if you do know 20 out of the 30 it's a good reminder oh yeah we should start doing this again because it, it worked yeah. 
it's, so, and it's, it's so easy to do i was i was on um facebook memories on my business account the day yeah. and a video popped up of a drill and i thought god that's a really good drill that and I'd just not been doing it for probably two years. I'd just forgotten it existed. <laughs> and I saw a video of myself teaching it to a bunch of kids. And I'm like, why have I not been doing that? Because yeah. you just, you, you, you get into little pockets, don't you, of re- repeating, repeating, yeah. repeating. And you drop out of the habit, you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I have bits of paper everywhere now. I'm always writing stuff down so that I can go back and, you know, oh, remind yourself, you, you know, you used to do like this or you used to do that. And um, it's just not not going day to day from my head because it's just horrible I'm horrible at that horrible. Well, we just get caught up in the day-to-day stuff of running a martial arts business it's hard you know you're dealing with parents you're doing gradings you're getting forms in you're dealing with accidents you're ordering belts you're sorting out the pro shop you're dealing with cleaning your staff all of this is going on every single day so you just forget about the stuff you really should be doing that really makes a difference in your business and you're mopping the toilets yeah yeah absolutely and no, that's true and i know and if and again if it's something i'm assuming this is right if it's something that say your instructor maybe you know you've maybe not got time for or you may be like what i used to, i don't know at all anyway but they could send um, assistants <laughs> on couldn't they i was i was assuming they can you know staff members other people yeah. that could get on and do this and they can take it in instead yeah but i, I would recommend instructors do it as well because yeah it, absolutely gives you a really clear structure of retention through the entire student journey from beginning yeah. to the end so it will be useful and obviously yeah get your staff in as well so 22nd of october get it's yourself Friday. on it get yourself yeah. get yourself sorted out and get on it um get back on the zoom <laughs> yeah everyone's like i hate zoom i hate it um the only reason why i'm doing it on zoom is i used to obviously do quite a lot of physical workshops where people would come and sit in a in a hotel yeah. sort of a room with me for a day but it's just it takes up people's time so much you know yeah. with this you can be in your pants like i will be a cup of tea uh you don't have to have your camera on and you can you know get the information and then go about your day the whole traveling to yeah is it's good because obviously you get that meet, meeting people face to face having a chat sharing stories that's nice but it just takes so much time doesn't it yeah Oh, it's true. And it, it removes that excuse as well, doesn't it? I mean, I, I know I've been and done some of your courses before, uh, mm. which for me were, I mean, I live in the you know dark ages up north in the middle of nowhere, literally in a field with sticks and fire. Mm. Um, whereas I don't, you agreed with that far too easy then. But I've been to the north. When you got out alive? Jesus, man. You must yeah, be no, tough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I've been down. I mean, it's a, it was a good sort of what three, three and a bit hour drive. Um, but I yeah. knew the value of the course, so I did it. Whereas with with this, you just double click. You say you can sit in your pants, and no one will even know. Yes, you can be. A, you can wear a suit top and a tie if you like, and still yeah. wear your boxes and shorts, uh, oh, trousers. Good. It's good. <laughs> just don't stand up on the internet on your camera. No, no exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough for that. Um, Everything else good going on in uh, in Matt Chapman's life and Mitmaster's world? Everything good? Yeah, we were laughing before we got on this because you asked me how it was going, and I was like, "Yeah, it's going great." I don't really know what I do, <laughs> but it seems to be going great. I'm kind of enjoying it. I just kind of throughout my life, I've always followed what I'm passionate about. So you know, I got into martial arts, started teaching martial arts, got into the online, started doing the online, got into marketing, started helping people with marketing. So. 
I'm just kind of doing what I like to do, so it couldn't couldn't get any better. Really, it's great. Living the dream. Well, yeah, pretty close. I'd rather be in somewhere like Thailand doing what I'm doing now because that would be well the dream. It's not, it's not geographical I could train sense. Every morning, I could go to the beach, have a swim. I could, you know, drink some coconut. Yeah, but wife, wife and kids would they kind of like that? It's well. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, right. Well, what's right? Okay. Well, let's yeah. let's put the let's do an accountability now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In six months, you expect me to be in Thailand. Yeah. Unfortunately, Thailand is still shut. You cannot. Yeah. Thailand. And I tell you what else, mate. Last time we did one of those accountability ones, it was you were going to do it, get on a cruise and do this, and then flipping COVID it. Oh, so know, let's yeah. not do any more accountability because it's our fault. Oh, right, fair enough. Yeah. That the world crashed. So <laughs> we won't. We won't. We won't. <laughs> Nice one. All right, nice one, fella. Well, uh, best if we don't chat before. Best of luck with everything on the on the course. Everybody, go get on it. Definitely, definitely, go get on it. And yep. uh, and we'll, we'll we'll speak again very soon. Okay, Chris. Good luck out there, matey. <laughs> out in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, the wilderness. Doing what you do. See you later. Catch you, mate. Catch you soon. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Cheers, Matt. Lots of food for thought there. And don't forget, go check out his event that he's got going on. Um, that sort of content's always really good to do. I, I mean, I've got a couple of his books, and one of the books is actually on that subject. Uh, so no doubt lots of updated information. Uh, so yeah, go go check that one out. So... Back to our questions. Okay, so I've got... Let me look here. I've got one, two, three, four. Okay, so we're going to do that. <laughs> Could I have counted that any slower then? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get into the questions before I get uh, distracted again. So, next question is, over the last few decades, there's been a shift in the approach to teaching kids in martial arts. Some organizations refused and then over time adopted kids' programs and so on. What has been the biggest change in your approach to teaching children over the last 20 years? <sighs> okay, wow. Okay, one, you assume I've been teaching for 20 years. No, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I have been teaching now for 20 years. For over 20 years. I am so old, it's unreal. Pretty much a granddad. That's probably why I'm feeling the cold so much today. So, um... Has there been a change? What's been the biggest change in my approach? <sighs> wow, that's that's difficult because I suppose if I was to go back in time now and watch one of the kids' classes that I used to teach when I was when I was back when I was a kid, <laughs> no, when I was younger, I would imagine that. Although whilst I am still what I would categorize to be a very physical teacher, I am one of those instructors when uh, I'm a do as I say, not as I do. So whenever we're doing instructor training, I, I'm, you know, oh, don't, don't, don't be joining in and doing, doing all the stuff and all that. I am that one. And I always have been. But I would probably say that early days, I probably was a lot more physical because I was a lot younger. Um, I probably did a lot more than was probably sensible um thankfully i didn't injure too easy so and i still don't really um that's not an invite to anybody to try and come and injure me by the way but i don't tend to suffer too badly with sort of strains and pulls and stuff like that so um i would probably say that's that's you know if a bit boring it's probably going to be one of the areas that i have that i have changed um i would also say that 
just through experience, really, and through teaching from multiple different venue types. At one point, uh, I mean, I, I've always taught since having my own schools from from small buildings because I just like smaller class groups. I mean, I, I've taught huge, and I have no problem doing it. It's not that I can't do it. I just, as anybody that's done any, any of my workshops at different events will know, I have no problem with teaching. And it's not blowing my trumpet. I'm just, it's just fact. I don't have an issue with teaching big groups. I just don't like it because you don't get to have as much decent student time. And I remember teaching some huge classes in the past for other schools. And, you know, even kids you've been teaching for weeks and you've not even noticed them. And you're like, is it your first class today? It's like, no, I've been coming for weeks. Oh, have you? <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, I like to have small group spaces. So, um, you know, that that being said, the parents are on top of you, literally, at times. And one thing that I have definitely, definitely changed is that I now, and, and, and I mean, this isn't going to be a recent thing, but this is something that changed. I teach to the, the kids, not to the parents. And I think at one point, um, early days, I probably was teaching more to the parents um, with the worry of, you know, they're the ones paying the bills. They're the ones bringing the kids. They're the ones with the expectation of what they want little Billy or Sarah to be doing. Um, they're the ones judging me and my teaching. And they're the ones that are going to go and tell everybody what this, that and the other. Uh, so... You know, I, I probably, and I, 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 my own opinion, that is the worst thing to do. The worst thing to do is to teach to the parents solely. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with, you know, dropping a few buzzwords in there or maybe, you know, doing certain things specifically just to, you know, want of a better description, pander to the needs of the parents. But, you know, one thing that I, I am always adamant on is, you know, our responsibility is to teach the kids, not babysit the parents' feelings. And it, 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 as soon as soon as I've started doing that, which was again, it is a long time ago now. As soon as I started doing that, actually, the the, the retention of the kids was better because they were enjoying it. Um, they knew that they were getting uh, what what they actually needed, as opposed to what the you know what I thought the parents wanted to hear. Um, so yeah, that that I think that's pro- possibly the one of the biggest mindset shifts you know as uh, as with all you know professional industries have i uh, adopted new um teaching strategies or teaching methods um, use of language that sort of thing absolutely absolutely as 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 society has developed and changed and, and attitudes have changed um have i moved with that yes um do some not do that yeah absolutely they 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 don't but to each their own in that that regard but i think as we learn and develop a society i think it it personally anyway i think it's it's right that we whether we agree with certain things or not we certainly take it on board and maybe make subtle adjustments to to not cause unnecessary upset and that's not me saying you know we have to pander or you know become all faffy and start um you know, pandering to every societal need. I'm not saying that, but it doesn't hurt to take into consideration things like, um, you know, if you have a, a, a child, young person, adult in your class that's autistic, you know, considering your use of language, if that if that's something that that individual needs, you know, um, not shouting things into class like, well done, kids, you're on fire tonight, you know, things like that. And uh, 
it's just just little little things that can make a huge difference to one person but it will make no difference to everybody else just by making that sort of difference i think that that sort of extra level of care is um it's really really important so i think i've answered your question somewhere in all of that <laughs> okay so let's go for another one so let's move across to this sheet right then so Question is, um, I've recently lowered the age I teach kids from seven to six years of age. I found that it doesn't matter how often we repeat the same thing to them. They don't seem to retain the information. Have you experienced this? I'm not talking little dragons here, just a year younger. Do you have a different approach to training and grading? Um, Okay, so I'm I'm taking from that. Do, Do you mean that I have a different way of teaching the different age groups? I think that's what you were asking. Um, So... In in short, yes, a massive difference. The way I teach my four to six year old group is hugely different to the way that I teach my seven plus group. You know, the, I know different people group classes in different ways, and that's again to each their own. Everybody does does what they need to do for their schools, for their students, and what they feel is right. But for me, the difference between even a four and a six year old is it can be, and most commonly is huge you know they've had two years at school two extra years on the planet if you compare a two-year-old to a four-year-old i mean that's massive so a four to a six-year-old whilst the whilst it's not uh, as big a difference there is still going to be some physical and cognitive differences there um that you you have to account for so if you take that one step further and go to a seven-year-old from a four to a seven-year-old it can be even bigger still now with my four to six year old group, um, I have shorter classes. Um, I work things so that there is a lot of disguising of repetition. So what I mean by that is if we're working on, say, a front kick, we don't just practice front kicks because they're going to be bold senseless after 30 seconds if you just do the activity of practicing front kicks. So it might be that, you know, we're dropping a phone block and they're kicking the front kick. Uh, I'll start that again. We're dropping a foam block and they're using the front kick to kick the block. Um, it might be that I you know, mark a little uh, marker on a, a, a Wavemaster or a pad and they have to absolutely pinpoint accurate kick the, the mark. Maybe I'm holding out a hoop that's moving and they have to put their front kick through the hoop. So they're not focusing necessarily on the kick but more on the activity that involves the kick. So by the end of it they've spent 20 minutes practicing a front kick without even realizing it and with the little ones that is key to keeping them active and focused now with the older ones they'll suss on to what it is that's going on you can still do disguising the repetition absolutely but they will they'll realize quicker what's going on so you you know you have to keep them active in a, in a different way um I often find with with the little ones, obviously their attention span is is much lower. So the disguise and the repetition will help with that. But at the same time, you can't. I put this in my own opinion anyway. You can't go changing up everything too fast, otherwise it's rapid fire. It's just like a machine gun syllabus, and it doesn't stick because it's just changing far too fast. And there's no um, consideration given to the fact that you might, they might need to repeat things a little bit more for it to be retained into the the, the short and eventually long term memory. So, uh, and again, I'm not in any way a child psychologist. Um, I'm not a, a, an expert in, in in kids 
you know, anything in that respect. But just from personal experience as an instructor, um, that that's just my thoughts on it. So, yeah. In short, the way I teach my four to six year old group is completely different to the way I teach my seven plus group. Completely different. Um, there are various schools of thought as to how you should teach them. Um, I uh, four to six year olds and seven plus they're not mini adults, so you, you don't teach them as adults. But at the same time, I don't teach them as babies either. I don't talk to them in a patronising way. Um, they don't appreciate it. Um, again, coming back to what I said before about use of language, definitely, definitely consider that with the kids. You, you can't go using hugely um, over-the-top, over-flamboyant um, phrases because um, they it just goes straight over their head. So, you, you, you know, you've got to bring it to the level. A lot of teaching at their level, you know, so bringing yourself down to their level to talk to them rather than standing over them and talking down. Um, lots of different things. Um Look into a lot of, and forgive me, I can't remember the names of what these things are. If you go back, I did an episode um, with, oh my goodness me, I'm going to forget his name now, which is terrible, which is one of my inflictions, his names, uh, from Upgrade Training. Oh my goodness gracious, I'm just going to, right, I've got Facebook open, I'm going to look it up now. Um, Upgrade Training and Therapy. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, there you go, Daniel Barfoot. That's right. Uh, I did an episode or a couple of episodes with Dan, um, and he talks about this. You know, using the the cues they use at school, so like the clapping, so rather than shouting into them, "Hey kids, look at me!" So you're using the clapping thing, um, or there's there's lots of different ways of doing it. But go back and listen to that episode because he's got some really interesting pointers on that. Don't don't go back now. Just wait till I've finished and then. <laughs> <laughs> and they go back. All right. I'll look for a spike in that episode now, please. Right. Uh, moving on. Right. Next question is What's been your biggest challenge now that we've been out of lockdown for a while? Recruitment is going well, and this is for this individual, I would assume, but it's posed new problems with intermediate and higher ranks as many have left and not returned, and of course, the gap is bigger than ever between ranks as we've had a year of little to no recruitment. Right. Okie dokie. Now, this is one that I've had at my school. Again, I talk a little... I think I, I can't remember. Did I talk with Matt about this one? I'm trying to think back to the um, recording I did. Or or was that after we pressed record and it finished? I, anyway, anyway. Um, a big issue that I've had in my own school is that COVID effectively blew a hole in my um, adults class. Specifically the higher end of the beginner grades. Um, so when we came back, retention, and I know why it was, it was simply the lower grades struggling with the, the changeover to working online. You know, they've been with us a short period of time and the next thing we're on Zoom and then Facebook Live and it was, it, it was just too much for them. I quite, I kind of understand it. Um, so we've come back and we've got New starters, we've got adults wanting to join. Are they wanting to join in a different way? We've seen a massive uptick in uh, people wanting to do the fitness-based training, um, sort of the, the, the pad work, and not wanting to do the syllabus and not wanting to do the sparring um, for, for, for whatever reasons. Um, and, you know, that's made it tricky in that we've still got sort of intermediate grades two-plus years on that are still wanting to do traditional forms and they're wanting to do the syllabus. And it's, but the groups aren't big enough 
to warrant and this is going to sound selfish but this is this is how it is the groups weren't big enough to warrant having uh, individual classes you know having 90 minutes two hours worth of classes for two to four people you know when you're running it as a business and you've got rent to pay and 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 all these considerations you know with, with a lease on the building you've got to sometimes detach yourself from the romanticism of and and, and the 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 love of going oh it's great having just four students well it is but it doesn't really cover the rent so um it's been difficult now i've managed to figure out a way around it and i'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of it there but i've definitely definitely had a massive massive problem with you know new starters coming in white belts and then the best part of a two-year gap in terms of uh, experience and gradings to the next nearest grade and trying to cater to all those different levels spinning all those plates and all those wants it's it, it's been a huge challenge and something that we've never had to deal with not even in the sort of financial crash of sort of oh six seven eight we, we we didn't have this problem um and you know i suppose in some ways it's a good problem to have because it's that or no students at all which you'll you know i'll take that possibly the only better issue to have would be to have too many students and not enough place for them um that, that's that, possibly a better problem to have but anyway i think i've fixed it i've put some um some options in place i've given them till christmas to see how it goes and if it doesn't work we'll hit a big reset button for january because we all know january time everyone and their cat wants to get fit kick pads get sweaty so providing that the 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 world doesn't fall into the grips of covid or we're all you know burning our clothes to stay warm uh, fighting over the last frozen chicken <laughs> in Sainsbury's or whatever i laugh but that's all you can do i guess isn't it um then hopefully we should all see that 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 uptick come january time right last one Last one. Okay, so oh, it's a bit of a big one, this, and it's actually in line with the one of the previous episodes that we did uh, talking head trauma. So uh, this person says head trauma. It still dominates my thoughts. I've taken some positive action, implemented no head contact for the under 18s Haven't lost any students, but I'm already a month on. Oh. Guards are dropping. I'm constantly having to remind them to keep the guard up. Also, I have some very disgruntled teens who feel they aren't getting the most out of their sparring now. We are doing less sparring as I can see they feel half their arsenal is lost. Might be hard to cover on a podcast, but have you experienced this? Do you have any ideas about this? Maybe the fact I haven't lost any more, I'm doing it right. But sparring just ain't the same. Jeez, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Uh, I think this one's probably going to warrant its own episode. Um and I say that in all seriousness because, um, you know, obviously the episode that we did with Gary Turner talking about head trauma, I think this is the the, the ticking, t- it's, and it still is. It, it, I know that there's a number of associations very seriously looking into this because it, it needs to be. One, for the safety, and two, for the longevity of our industry and, and, and the careers of the instructors involved in that industry. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's not to say that... Um, People haven't taken it seriously or haven't cared, should I say. I just think it's the policy and procedural side of it that people possibly haven't, um, for whatever reason. And and that's not finger-pointing, that's just reality, isn't it? Um, So, wow, okay. Uh, Guards are dropping, constantly having to remind people, blah, blah, blah. Now, I've 
I think we've it's fair to say that we've we've all seen issues with our students in relation to sparring because they just haven't been doing it. Unless, of course, you've been opening your school and being a bit naughty and doing it when you weren't supposed to be. I'm not going to get into judging on that, although I suppose I just have because I said it was naughty. But anyway, you know what I mean. We weren't supposed to open, were we? Um, you know, if you did, you did. That's just it's gone now, isn't it? So it's, it's a non-issue really. Um, so we're all seeing students struggling. I'm seeing adults struggling, really struggling. You know, I've got one. I've got one extreme or the other. I've got people keen as hell to knock ten bells out of each other, or I've got them absolutely terrified. No, I'm not absolutely terrified. Looking for every reason to not do it, or to not get back into it out of fear of losing skills, or not being up to it, or getting hurt, whatever, whatever. Um, we're doing less sparring as well. I'll be honest with you, we're doing less because I'm focusing on getting people's technique back up to scratch. Con- controls, uh, controls a big thing. I'm really, especially with the kids, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get them back to a point where they can apply their techniques like a dimmer switch instead of a light, you know, an on-off switch. Although, bless them, I don't use the dimmer switch um, uh, description, should we say, in the classes because they've, <laughs> they've not got a clue what they are. They don't see them. Uh, but yeah, I want them to be able to land their techniques with with speed and control, not just speed and power. Um, not that there's anything wrong if that's that's what you do. If you're depends what you're teaching, I guess, doesn't it? Um, but for me in my school, I want the kids to come in as they as they uh, come in and leave as the same. You know, um, <laughs> I don't want them if they're coming in. Okay, I want them to leave. Okay, I don't want them coming in fine and all leaving with bent noses and teeth missing and broken fingers and whatever else. Every single class um, again. To each their own on that one. Um, so I'm doing less sparring, but just while we get everybody uh, back up to scratch with with control, um, do I have any experience or any ideas? <sighs> okay, so I'm not going to make any faffy suggestions here because I don't have any idea, to be honest. Um, it's tricky. It's tricky, isn't it? I, I know Gary was talking on on the other episode something about you know finding ways to replace certain elements of the training just to sort of simulate it but that's not something i have a great deal of experience in and and to be honest you know um with our adult sparring we've just got them sparring as sparring is with the kids i'm just when i am letting them do some sparring with the, the, the high the intermediate high grades i'm just reminding them to keep their contact down you know um to focus on scoring points rather than knockouts. Not that we had kids knocking each other out week in, week out, but you get the idea. Um, just really reinforcing the, the the contact element of it. it. It it's it's super tricky. It, you know, ultimately, I love the sport that we do in its various forms, and with that comes risk of of, of head contact. You know. Uh, it's like letting my kids go out on their bike or their skateboard or whatever. There's a they, it runs the risk of the, the the head trauma being there. Am I going to stop them from going out? No. That being said, the primary goal of getting on a bike or a scooter or a skateboard isn't to fall on your head. It's it's a secondary possibility where with kickboxing and martial arts in general, kind of if the aim is to strike to the head, then by default it's going to happen. So it, it's such a complicated thing, isn't it? Which is why I gave it its own podcast. So. I'll be honest with you, I don't really have an answer. Now, on this subject, actually, um, I know that some of our listeners were involved in uh, a group that I formed over lockdown, the Instructor Support Group. 
this is a topic that I am looking to um, run a networking event on, a support group meeting on again at a, a later date, um, possibly in the coming weeks because we've got half term coming up across the country, albeit in slightly different times, but we have got half term holidays, so it's going to free me up a little bit time wise. So it is something that I am I am looking to do. So keep an eye out on that one. That was a brilliant segue. I'm quite impressed with myself. I didn't even plan that to happen. That just happened. I'm getting good at this radio podcast stuff, aren't I? Well, I say I think so anyway. Anyway, thank you all again for listening in. Um, I have enjoyed this. Um, if you have any suggestions for guests for upcoming episodes um, or any topics to cover, as always, please do get in touch at chrisjonestkd at gmail.com. You can also get in touch via the website at kickbackpodcast.com or through our Facebook or Instagram pages. Just search for Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Kick and back are two words, not together. All right, so you have to make sure you put the space in there or it won't work. As always, if you could continue to share the posts on social media when you see them, specifically the podcast links, because that's the big one. And don't forget to put your ratings and reviews onto Apple Podcasts or whichever platform it is you use if the option is there, because that, as you always hear people in podcast world saying, it really does help to let those systems know that you like what we're doing and it continues to push it out to more listeners. Thank you all for your support. Oh! And right in time for autumn and winter, if anybody wants to pick up a t-shirt, we still have a few left in different sizes. Oh, and thank you to Mr. Daniel Borohu. Oh, Borohu? I need to separate your surname off from the word who there. Daniel Borohu, who very awesomely wore one of our t-shirts to a Comic-Con event. Uh, No, it wasn't. It was to the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, event. I think it was. Anyway, he wore the T-shirt. He got loads of photos with cool guests and stuff there. Uh, thanks for repping the show, dude. That's really awesome. Uh, for anybody looking, I didn't pay him to do that. It's just really nice, and he does it. So big thanks. It's listeners and supporters like that. That, that Well, it, it's just nice. It's just, without doing all the official podcasting spiel, it's just nice to see people supporting what you do and uh, appreciating it. So from, from my side, big thanks. Uh, I want to see more of you doing that now. <laughs> oh, and I'm still waiting on the beer sponsorship. So if there's anybody out there who wants some product pushing, um, whether it's beer, wine, um, chocolate bars, um, DVDs, anything, the, you know, within reason, give me a shout and let's 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 see what we can do. <laughs> anyway, guys, have a great weekend, rest of your day, whatever it is you're doing, and we'll speak again very soon. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today.